Welcome to Walks with Albert. Hey, I don't even know if you can hear me or not, but that's life with Albert. That woke me up this morning, and you just heard I'm walking away from it, trying to get as much distance as I can, so I don't strangle the guy. And you know what he's doing. This guy has got a nozzle, and he is pressure washing, water washing benches, wooden benches, because I think homeless been sleeping on him. And you gotta, and now they, what they do is they clean it, and the homeless come back and they sleep on it again, and they whatever homeless juice get on them, get, I don't know, I don't know anymore. Now I'm out back. It's a little more peaceful. You hear bird. Ah. Back out onto the soccer field. So today's question is from a friend of mine, Connor. A real nice guy. Um, Connor, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to see if I had any inside information on something Muppet-based. You know, because he's like, hey, sorry, I'm taking off. Ah, headphone thing I got on. I was going to try to monitor my podcast at the same time I'm doing it, but uh, again, it's just weird. It's like there's two of me, one little me in each ear, and I can't do it that way. So Connor, uh, he said, hey, you know, you broke into uh, the Henson studio a couple of times. As was as evidenced, I talk about it in my audiobook, Blood and Muppets, which, uh, you know, people are starting to catch on to, actually. Because, you know, it's, it is, where else are you going to get the final word on amphetamine-based Muppet theft? There's no one else who talks about that subculture. And by subculture, I mean what I did that no one else would ever do. A very subculture. So he said, hey, hey, uh, Albert, you know, you broke in a few times to Henson Studio. You got, yeah, we're in that office. Office got to have a lot of paperwork. You had to have taken some of it or looked through some of it or something. And yeah, he's right. I did not, I did not mention this in the audiobook, but of course I'm in an office in the Muppet headquarter, like the central nervous system of Muppet industry and you know, all that secret information they got on what they want to do, what they're going to do, what they cannot do. It's all there in the file, file cabinets. So I did take some. Because Connor's question was this. You know that Muppet Christmas Carol? Well, there is a, uh, a musical number that got cut. Now, it it is a rather substantial musical number. It happens when okay, young Scrooge, he's imagined himself back when he was about to get married. You know, one of the mistakes he made along the way that got him seeing those ghosts eventually and saying things that actually seem just rational, right? Surplus population and all of that. Well, yeah, when he's, you know, he's kind of a young adult uh, in this flashback and he's, uh, 
Trump's girlfriend, fiance, is singing to him about how he's never, he's never gonna marry her because he's always thinking we don't have enough money yet. How could we marry now? There's not even enough for a decent home. The investments haven't grown as they should. So you said last year? Business continues to be poor. And, you know, that's another maybe reasonable consideration, but uh, that, I don't know, that's not the point. What it is is she's singing. The love is lost or the love is gone. She's got this whole musical number. Right, and it's going on. And now you go to, uh, by the time they're releasing the date is, that musical number is, they took it out. Now what's funny is that, that toward the end of the, uh, the movie, Michael Caine and a bunch of Muppets around the table, they're singing The Love We Found with the same melody. Which is the counterpoint to the song, the girl, uh, the woman did in uh, in the flashback. Now, without that song in the flashback part, right? You cut that out. Them all singing the love we found. It's a little bit of a non sequitur, but at this, it works, right? And Connor was wondering, hey, do you, did they do this for a reason? What was they thinking? Because Connor had a theory, and I like this theory. The love we lost, uh, the love we don't have song that she was singing. What if it was a stealth message from the Henson people to the rest of the world after Disney took them over, right? The people working on the inside, all the Muppet people um, building them and doing them for the movie. They were, you know, now that Disney owns them, it's... It's got to be, you know, a bit like Siberia slash Stalingrad. They want to let people know that our love is seeping out of us for this whole thing. You got to save us, do something to get us out of Disney. And maybe it's even a message from the puppet, the lower puppet people to the upper puppet people. I almost couldn't say that. I put a lot of spit out on my lips. Sorry. You know, what can we do? We're all biological, right? I wanted to see about this because I thought Connor had a good idea here. That what, that they were trying to say, hey, there's no more love here in Muppet Land. Now we're owned by Disney. You're going to get movies like this. Not that Christmas Carol was all that bad, but, you know, it is a Disney product. And they all kind of taste the same. Like all, like... You know, sweet and sour chicken, orange chicken, lemon chicken. Yeah, the different colors, but um, kind of that same mouth experience. So I've, I did have some files that I had taken from Henson Studios one of the times that I broke in and out of there. And I just took it when I was taking out the t- stuff, but I thought I'd take a few. You know, because I thought it'd be interesting to see, well, what does it look like to be someone running Muppet and this is all your paperwork? And I hate to say it, because I'd love for this podcast to, like, if I could break news on this podcast, would go big, right? I didn't see anything specifically referencing uh, that song from Up at Christmas Carol. Doesn't mean it's not that Connor is not correct. That it is act- it is a message for us that Muppets died as soon as Disney took them over, and the love for doing Muppets it just evaporated. 
you know, maybe that's the case. But I got to pause it here because, you know, this is a truth-telling podcast. This isn't... You ever hear that phrase, spokes whole? Uh, it's a take on a more rude word, blank hole. Spokes hole. I think it was uh, coined by John and Ken, the radio duo in Los Angeles. You ever watch cable news? Don't, but if you did, they got someone coming on defending a certain politician in a certain point of view. And it doesn't matter what politician, they all got these spokes holes showing up and they're just paid mouthpieces. Well, now, where was I going with that? Uh, I hear the phrase spokes hole. Well, uh, anyhow, I have to just kind of go back to where I was and start talking from that point. So, the thing with the, the song getting cut, right? Now, I could see it being that it kind of's got the right idea. But I can also see that it's, I got, oh yeah, yeah, the reason I'm, I said Spokeshole is that because this is a truth podcast, I'm not just here to front a one point of view or another, right? The world's full of idiots and overlords. And you pick your overlord and say, my overlord's good. Then you go into the idiot camp. So everything on this spot podcast, there's no spokes holding. So I got to say that Connor's got a good idea here. That it was a cry for help. But I also want to posit another possibility here. Some Disney fat cat is sitting there in the little screening room. And he's got a Blackberry. It was probably Blackberry still at that time. He's got a Blackberry that's just buzzing off the hook with all these messages. And he's got to sit there and watch the latest, you know, puppet movie that's coming out that holiday season. And he's distracted. And he's just like, oh, the messages and whatnot. Now, this song comes up, which is a slow song, right? And you can see this song on certain editions of the DVD and Blu-ray. They include it. Sometimes in the movie itself. I think on the widescreen VHS they did this. And sometimes as an extra feature. You can see this song. Admittedly, it is a slow song. Admittedly, maybe kids wouldn't, uh, wouldn't sit still for it. But not only kids, I bet you there's movie executive. He's sitting there, Blackberry going crazy. And this song starts, and it's the slow, the love we lost. Just, and it does seem to go on for quite a long time, and there's no puppet anywhere in this scene around these people. Well, bet you that executive goes, can we cut this? Hey, is there, this is not working. Can we, all right, I got notes. After the screening, I got notes. One of them is this. We're going on right now, her, her droning on and on with this song. All right, well, let's get it. I want this thing 86, baby, I want it ankled. Okay. That's my counterpoint theory, and I think it's probably maybe a little more likely that they just cut it because it made Disney executives restless when it's playing. And the evidence I got for this is all the Disney movies that came around at the time, like Aladdin, started this whole new spaz fest, I guess you could call it. Right? You have things that have maybe pacing and a little bit up and down. Little Mermaid, Lion King, coming right before it. And then you get to Aladdin, and from that point forward, they're just like, you know what, kids, 
we got to dangle cockies in front of their face every five seconds. So they just started going all crazy and spazzy. And I think that's, uh, I think it's Muppet Christmas Carol. It came around at the wrong time for it to have that scene and stay intact. But, um, you know, you might be saying, hey, what, you know, Disney, come on. All the uh, old Disney films, right? Vault Disney, remember they released that with all the old Disney cartoons, Donald Duck, Pluto. And so there's still this core in there somewhere of Disney magic. I think we get a taste of it when we're going to the theme parks. Not that we get to do that that often because it's so cost, you know, basically you're seeing, you're looking around your apartment thinking, what can I sell so I can go to Disneyland? But there's a, there's a tug of war that's in there. And, and here is where the saddest Muppet story happens. And I did not need to steal any paperwork from inside Henson Studio to report this to you. The Muppet Show, the original gold mine of Muppet cuteness and weirdness and creativity that was on primetime television back in the 1970s. Well, they released it on DVD. Once Disney got a hold of the property, they released season one on DVD and it was gorgeous. It's in a box with the Kermit colors and shape and the picture quality. It's one of the best looking DVDs of television material from that time. Just looks so good and vibrant. Pumped up the colors, pumped up the contrast, but it looks like, wow, that's what it would look like on your TV set back then. None of this videotape fading. It looks so good. That was a hit, and they released season two. And season two has uh, Piggy. Miss Piggy is kind of the box, colors and shape. And they released season three. Fozzie Bear Box. Now there are two more seasons, four and five. They've never been released. And I think it's been about a decade since they released the Fozzie set. And the reason Fozzie said season three did not sell very well, did not meet expectation. Season two sold less than season one. They see the trend. No more Muppet DVDs. Season four, season five, they're gone. I mean, you really can't get them. Nothing like the quality that they have there in the, the vaults of Disney that they could do. Are you getting little scratchy bits on YouTube? Faded bits, 320 by 240 resolution. Now I've heard that one of the reasons they can't release the four and five, and when I say can't, I mean that it would be fiendishly expensive, like anything's expensive for a thing like Disney, right? Basically, you know, they're farting million dollar bills at this point. They had to go and license, re-license celebrity appearances. Because, you know, in the original Muppet show, every episode had a celebrity show up. And that celebrity would be like the host. And it's like a who's who of the 70s, right? Oh, God, where do we even start? Peter Falk, Dom DeLuise, Mark Hamill. You know, uh, I think Carrie Fisher. Another Star Wars one did it. I don't know if Harrison Ford did it. But anyway, and that was even before, like, Frank Oz had a whiff that he was going to do Yoda, right? But he was already on the ends from hanging with these Star Wars people. 
there was the thought that, okay, it's going to have to spend a lot of money to clear legally four and five for release. But now, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. Because one, two, and three, seasons one, two, and three to Muppet Show. Okay, those have got, what, less licensed stuff going on? No, no, no. It's when you, I'm sure these TV shows were one-stop shop of licensing. If you, if you own the TV show, the person who showed up on the TV show, they signed away everything, right? And the song that they're using is a cover. You really want a, like, a, a, like a half dozen Disney lawyers walking into the room and they want a license permission on something? They could just keep adding zeros to that check. Because if you and I, we ran Disney, I'm telling you, whatever it took that all of Muppet Show was released on DVD and now Blu-ray. We'd find a way to up that resolution. I don't care if we had to get a Cray supercomputer on the job. I don't care if we had to haul all the original episodes on the original videotapes to NASA. We'd get it out on Blu-ray. You know, we'd do that. We have so much money. For Disney, we have that kind of money. We're putting it to good use. How the hell can they look at each other inside Disney, knowing that they didn't release all of the Muppet Show. They're holding back seasons four and five just for some little fraction, sliver, crumb of money on their final balance sheet. When all of the joy that that would bring to the world and Muppet fans, you know, that's why we're different. Yes, maybe that's why we're never getting famous. We just, if you have a soul, it's maybe more difficult. I don't know. Man, if we had as much money as Disney, the things we would do, the good we would do with it, even if we're just doing movies and TV and music and video games, the good stuff we would do with it, the stuff that would be, God, like... You know, Muppet movie, like Dark Crystal, like the first Raiders of the Lost Dark. Wow. I don't know if that guy's still making noise yet back at the apartment. I think I'm going to stay out here a little while longer. I don't know if you could hear the birds. Maybe not. They're kind of far away. But I could hear them. I finally got that off my chest about them up at DVDs. So thanks, Connor. Anyhow, I'll see you all next time on uh, Walks with Albert. Uh, thanks for listening. Nevergotfamous.com. Uh, I gotta say that every time. All right. Bye-bye.